0: Welcome to another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast, brought to you by Courtroomsciences.com. I'm Dr. Bill Kanaski. It is roughly 5 a.m. I was up before to prepare for this because that's just the only time I have these days, folks. Got a couple, got some seminars today, seminar tomorrow, nuclear verdict stuff, reptile stuff, good stuff. Good stuff. I think a decent podcast uh, for you today. It's going to be a quickie because I got to get to work. Um, but first, let me let me start with some viewer mail. <clears throat> um, this is from one of my clients and very dear friends. Uh, she writes, dear Bill, your Valentine's Day rant on your recent podcast was total bullshit. I love Valentine's Day. I love getting flowers and candy, but I love the rest of the podcast. Well, I think we knew that was coming. I think when you, my only point was that, you know, Hallmark got their claws into this and made it a billion dollar industry. And I told you the history of the holiday, very, very negative, very, nothing romantic about it. Gosh, you should really do your homework on the history of these holidays. Um, but yeah, got in trouble for that one, but she liked the rest of the podcast. So I guess that's a, that is a positive. Uh, today, you know, let's talk um, about how to make your focus groups better because I see things going on where you guys are screwing up your focus groups. You think you know what you're doing, you don't. And so I came up with five areas for you to improve on as you're preparing for your focus groups. Um, Number one, uh, your slides, your slides. I see slides with just way too much information, way too much information. And the juror brain is not gonna handle all that information. Um, Juror attention span is very poor and the way the slides are presented, okay? Not really not really working out. So let's focus on a few things with your slide when you're putting information on a slide. Uh, number one, less is more, okay? Every slide, maybe three to four bullet points, max. I saw some slides last week where, you know, 12 bullet points on one slide, uh, the font's too small, mock jurors can't read anything, it's just way, way too much. If you have twelve bullet points, make three slides. Okay, spread this stuff out. Make your font size bigger, and jurors are going to be able to retain this information a lot easier. Particularly if they're note takers, putting all this information on one slide, it's just overwhelming. It's way too much information. Jurors can't handle it, and then they're gonna, they're gonna they're gonna miss something right? They're going to miss something. So again, back to less is more. And then what we want to do is with these bullet points, we want to build, we want to build, go to your PowerPoint, go to, um, I believe the tab up on the top is um, appearance or appear and make sure each of your bullet points is coming up one at a time. So I see attorneys putting on a slide in front of the mock jury and 10 bullet points all come up at once. And the jury's like, wow, and they don't know where to start. They don't know where to finish, and it also makes life more difficult for you know the attorney, not just the uh, uh, not just the mock uh, jurors. So make sure that they build so that every time you click that button, boom, 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 they come up one at a time. You can isolate your information. That's going to lead to better um, attention, a better uh, a better uh, memory uh, retention, and it's going to allow jurors to. Uh, to take notes more specifically on each of your points. So really watch out uh, with those slides and the colors. Oh my gosh, you don't want to blind your mock jurors, okay? Don't blind them, okay? You want a darker background, maybe a little Carolina blue, right? With some usually white or even some yellow, depending on the shades that you use and some lettering so that uh, you're not you're not blinding your your juror, uh, <laughs> I had an attorney uh, last month come out and had a just a white background with black letters. And when we put this on the screen, it just, I mean, it gave me a migraine headache looking at it. And so, um, you know, there's ways to play with it. Look at it, have some of your colleagues, you know, look at it, Run this. St- send it to us, you know, run it by us. We'll help you with that color scheme, but it's very important, but imagine that for trial. You're going to trial your adversary they're doing all the things I'm telling you to do. And you come out and you have 12 really, really small bullet points on one slide with bad colors or no colors. You've blinded the jury. Um, There's a real appearance deficit right there. Um, Did a mock trial, uh, I'm sorry, a focus group in Tennessee uh, last month in which uh, the slides on both sides um, were so different that the jury really was far more persuaded by the, by, by the side that had the better presentation. So work on your presentations. If you have in-house folks that are AV folks, have them help you um, put these things together. And again, we wanna build those bullet points. We don't wanna overwhelm them. More slides is better, okay? More is better, but with less information per slide. All right, we can check that box, folks number two, the number of mock jurors that you're using. I've seen focus groups with 30 mock jurors. That's insane. You're not going to get quality feedback from 30 people. Okay, what we want to do, we want to cut that in half. Okay, cut that in half. 15 that 12 to 15 mark. Okay, now make sure that you're recruiting the right way. You're getting a sample that is, uh, you know, matching your, your demographic for that venue. But Sticking thirty people in a room, you're just never going to get uh, the quality of feedback uh, that you want. Several jurors just won't talk all day; they'll just collect their paycheck. Um, way, way, way too many jurors. You don't, you don't need that. Now, mock trial is different. You're going to have be dividing, you know, people up into deliberation groups. You're going to get two, three, maybe even four, you know, distinct jury verdicts from you know mock deliberations. Okay, you wanna put your 24, 30, 36 people in the room, and then you're gonna divide, divide them up to deliberate, nothing wrong with that. But when you're doing a focus group back and forth all day, the quality of that discussion, you gotta cut those numbers in half, um, or you're just not gonna get really good information. So, so, so think about that. All right, we'll check that box. Um, juror fatigue, oh my God. Um, when these projects are running to 6, 7, sometimes 8 p.m., forget about it. You're starting at 9. Jurors are showing up at 6.45, 7 to get processed, fill out paperwork. You're kicking off your show at 9, just like a regular trial. I mean, by 4, 4.30, these jurors are toast. Um, Then you have maybe some, you know, daycare issues or some, you know, childcare issues. People need to get out of there. Um, They've been up since 5.30 uh, to get there on time. Um, You're just not going to get really quality information. So as you're planning your focus group, this is one of the key mistakes I see see made. Sometimes you need a two-day focus group or a day and a half and spill over that other information you would have presented in the evening. Present that the next day when they're fresh. But anything that you present from 4 to 7 p.m., Man, you got jurors falling asleep. I mean, they're exhausted. They're tired. They've been overwhelmed with information all day. And so keep that in mind when you're playing your focus group. Try to end in that four to five o'clock you know window. Um, then everybody's getting home on time. Uh, that fatigue uh, doesn't set in. Because it's going to start setting in around two o'clock. <laughs> around two o'clock, jurors are starting to get tired. You know, maybe take more breaks in the afternoon. Because again, the purpose of these things is to get quality information. And if you're getting lousy information or you're not getting information because jurors are just too tired, again, kind of a waste of time, uh, waste of money. So consider um, you may need a one and a half day or even a two day. Spread out this information, more breaks, so you're not wearing down your, your mock jurors. All right, check that box. Uh, next area, uh, the length of presentations. Oh, another one. Um, again, we're going back to less is more. In your focus groups, you wanna isolate information. You don't wanna get up there and talk for 90 minutes and then talk to the, to the mock church. It's too much information. Um, it's information overload. Um, again, you're not gonna get the quality of feedback. Uh, that you want, so try to divide up your topics into subtopics, and then immediately talk to the jurors after the subtopics. Okay, do a 15 minute presentation, talk to them. Do a 20 minute presentation, right? Talk. To, you start going over 30 minutes. Um, that's a lot of information, and again, um, it's going to be it's going to be diluted. And so, isolate those topics and talk to the jurors immediately. Get their feedback immediately. Don't um, don't do a 90 minute pr- presentation that pretty much has three topics combined. I see this mistake a lot because again, everybody's, okay, these things are expensive. You want to maximize you know what you're doing with the mock jurors. And so what I see is a lot of longer presentations with a lot of information crammed in. And then again, it's just overload and jurors can't handle it. That's why, Um, You know, a lot of clients don't want to pay for uh, one and a half or a two day. Well, if you have that, if you have that much information, you really need to do that or you need to cut out topics. So kind of a chronic error I see is just cramming in way too much information. So shorter presentations, jump right to that discussion, then go to your next subtopic. You know, if you think about liability, right, that oftentimes can be two or three subtopics. Don't present them all at once and then talk to the to the jurors present subtopic a immediate discussion right now they're gonna have questions. They're going to bring up, you know, stuff that's going to come up down the road and you may need to say, you know, hey, I'm going to get to that in the next subtopic. So hold that hold that question and also take a lot of questions, I find that the questions are just as valuable as, as the feedback in these in these projects and so again look at your topic list. Break it down as much as you can, isolate as much as you can. And the key is to get those jurors talking as soon as possible um, and not to give long presentations. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Of course, I had an attorney, a 40 year attorney, which he told me um, 18 times that he's been trying cases for 40 years. Now he's done 150 focus groups, and he's telling me I'm wrong. Well, I'm not wrong. Um, He wanted to do this, you know, two hour presentation, then a break, and then another two-hour presentation. Then I want to talk to the mock jurors. And I said, that's just not the best way to do it. Well, that's the way I've been doing it for 40 years. Well, we're going to do it differently this time. Uh, He wasn't happy with me. Uh, Client was thrilled. Client was thrilled. We just got a ton of feedback. But again, you know, we isolated the topics. We didn't let the jurors get fatigued. We had a lot of breaks. And once you isolate those topics, again, the quality of information that you're gonna get back for your mock jury is is gonna be um, 10 times better than going on these long, I mean, really, really long presentations. So divide, divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. Um, Number five, damages. In the focus group methodology, um, when you're testing damages, you're really just looking for ballparks here. You're looking for angry jurors. You're looking for punitive jurors. Um, you're not really going to be able to test damages um, for accuracy and precision per se. It's more of the, you know, where are these people at on the on the on the bigger picture. Uh, you want to test damages. You're going to have to do a mock trial. It's going to take it's going to take more time. It's probably going to push into uh, unless you have a very straightforward case. It may likely push into a second day. You're going to want to put on, you know. Pretty specific damages presentations expert testimony maybe that day in the life uh, video you know medical damages non-economic damages futures i mean there's a lot of information discussed that you're probably just not going to be able to fit into your focus group um but i do think that you can go over again big picture you know broad number damages and see how people feel right throw some numbers out there you know would you be offended by this number is this too much, too less? What, what does this number mean to you, right? So particularly if you have an adversary that's telling you, you know, I'm asking the jury for $30 million. Well, throw that out there. Just big picture, overall. Don't You don't have to present all the damages, arguments per se, um, but see how jurors feel about that information. That's really important. And always do that at the end of the day. You want to end, uh, you really want to end with that. And um, don't don't go look and, and tell your clients up front and you understand, up front. we're not looking for precision here. In fact, a lot of my clients don't even talk about damages and focus groups. They want to really, really focus on liability. They want to focus on causation and get that information, get that information early. Um, and there's, you can test damages uh, down the road. Now, the final thing I'm gonna say about focus groups is these are best done early in the case, um, well before mediation, okay? You're not preparing for trial per se. Uh, you you really wanna find out the true strengths and weaknesses of your case. And again, you're looking for the most quality feedback possible. And the earlier you get that information, the better off that you're gonna be and the adjustments that you can make. Um, back to my Tennessee uh, case, they learned so much from the focus group that they're going to make so many adjustments that they want to focus group it again be, before they even mock try it. Why? Because they, they want the mock trial to count. They want it to make sense. And Another kind of chronic uh, problem I see in litigation are clients jumping right to the mock trial and they skip over the focus group. right? And um, you get into the mock trial and then you figure out you didn't handle things a certain way. Uh, you didn't get that jury feedback before the mock trial. And then it can limit the validity and reliability of your results. I'm not saying you've completely wasted your time, but I am saying by doing the focus group first, you know, prior to the to the mock trial, you're going to sift through all those issues. You're going to figure out, you know, what do what do jurors understand? What do they not understand? Right. What exhibits do I have that that are really effective? Okay. What order should they be given in? Most importantly, probably. What what confused this panel? Right. What confused the mock jurors? Well, you want to do that in your focus group setting. You don't want to do that. Don't want to do that in a mock trial setting because it's it's almost too late unless you plan on doing another mock trial. <clears throat> but oftentimes, when mock trials are done, trial is imminent. Um, time is not on your side. And so we want to avoid that. So just to wrap up, let's work on getting these slides in better condition. So it's easier for jurors to understand things. Don't be information overload. Uh, number of jurors, focus groups. You don't need 30 people. Cut that in half. Get into that, you know, 12 to 18 is just sweet spot. I personally like the 14, 15 because I can get quality information from each juror. No one can hide. Uh, It's not too big of a group and I'm I'm getting really good information. Uh, Just make sure you have the right panel, you know, demographically that matches your, matches your venue. Uh, Third, fatigue. Don't keep these people there till 7.30 PM. They're going to be exhausted. You're not going to get good information. Aim for the, you know, four to 5 PM window. They're going to be, their brain's going to turn to mush. They'll be toast. And then if you need more time, do another half day, bring them back the next day let them rest. Okay. And then don't be cramming all this information. Hey, we got approval for one day. Well, <clears throat> too much information. Um, not good. For the length of those topics, right? Isolate topics, shorter presentations, more discussions with the jurors. We don't want to over, overload them with, you know, our 90-minute presentation. It's just, it's just too much information. And finally, damages, right? You're just, you're looking for the ballpark. You're not looking for uh, precision. You may not even really need to talk about in the focus group model. Um, I think if you're really going to test that, you need the, the mock trial model. So, all right. Well, that was a very basic, basic podcast. Went over some important things. I'm going to finish with my rant, the Kanasky rant. The uh, By the way, Tar Heels, Sweet 16, very, very happy. Um, but I have to tell you, these referees in the NCAA tournament, absolutely atrocious atrocious I mean articles going viral the the quality of officiating is terrible uh, Iowa Iowa you guys got screwed okay TCU you got screwed and they tried to screw my Tar Heels and they weren't able to do it we hung on in overtime but the the quality of the officiating absolutely atrocious it must stop you can't have the refs it's Mars folks OK, you're you know, you're taking maybe a little time off work. You want to chill. You want to you want to watch college basketball and have fun. You don't be screaming at your TV because the refs suck. It's really, really terrible. It's really terrible. Go online. You'll read all the articles about it. Heavily criticized. And uh, a lot of team again, Iowa, Iowa and TCU. I, I feel I feel terrible because the refs absolutely just just absolutely were just devastating, uh, devastatingly bad in those games. All right. I'm heading to do two speeches today, uh, in Louisiana, beautiful Louisiana. Um, but we're going to round this out and, uh, thank you for participating again in the litigation psychology podcast. I am Dr. Bill Kanasky with courtroom sciences. We'll see you next time. Bye.